continue on with this theme of a Christ-centered church and dealing with the topic we've been dealing with for the past few weeks, dealing with transformation, looking at repentance. We want to look in this letter to Titus in our New Testament, looking at this second chapter, looking at verses 11 to 15. As you turn there, I'm going to read uh, from New Living Translation as well as from the New International Version. And I pray that your ears are open and attentive to the words, for we're going to spend time looking at these words and truly seeing what God is telling us, his people. I still hear some pages turning. Uh, Titus is towards the back of the New Testament. Again, to your letters. Uh, you see Timothy, keep on turning. You'll find Titus right there. He's short. Not in stature, but the book is short. So if you flip too much, you might pass him up. All right. Seems like we're slowing down. If you're not there, say, hold on. Amen. If you're there, say, let us begin. The word of God says, for the grace of God has been revealing, sorry, has been revealed, bringing salvation to our people, and we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We shall live in, we shall live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. While we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, and to make us his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. You must teach these things and encourage the believers to do them. You have the authority to correct them when necessary, so don't let anyone disregard what you uh, say I'm going to read verses 11 and 12 from the New International Version. It says this way, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Amen. You may be seated. As you take your seat, you can help me announce this to your neighbor. Ask them, how are you living? Uh, look to your other neighbor, make sure they don't feel lift, left out. Ask them the same question. How are you living? This text instructs us and to us that we should be living in a special way as we wait for the appearing of our Lord. Do you understand that he's coming back again? Uh, help me preach that to your neighbor and say, he's coming back again. Until I'm talking about Jesus. <laughs> In case I was thinking about somebody else, just make sure they clear that who's coming back again, because he is coming back again. And so if he's coming back again, in the meantime, what should I be doing? You realize how in many places they give you an assignment and they tell you I'll be back. And when they mean I'll be back means I want the job done when I come back. The Lord is letting us know that there's work to be done while we're waiting for him to come back. So how are we living? So how are we now to live? Looking at this text shows us that we have been called by God and we are to 
deny ungodliness and worldly passions. I like how the NIV says it. It says we ought to say no to godless living and sinful pleasures. Tell your neighbor, say no. Because we, 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 we're, we're familiar, are we not? The Say No campaign, right? When you hear just say no, talking about drugs, well, we, we need to get a Say No campaign to say no to ungodliness. <laughs> say no to sinful pleasures. That we, we, we realize just as drugs can destroy and kill, sin can do far worse. Because we, we realize that we will talk somebody how they not need to be drugged, but we'll let them lie. We, we will talk to somebody how they should not get high on cocaine and crack, but we'll let them get high in promiscuality. And by the time we, they want to correct it, it has been too late. Families have been destroyed. Lives have been destroyed. Jobs have been lost because we allow sin to run rampant and we did not stand up and speak up and tell that you ought to say no. The Bible is instructing us and encourages us that we need to deny ungodliness and worldly passions. And then he instructs them to live a self-controlled or a wise life. The, 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 the word that is translated there has the word soft in there. And we have soft dealing with wisdom. And so it can deal with being sober, being wise, being self-controlled. So help me out to tell your neighbor, when you're wise, you're under control. <laughs> But a fool is out of control. Go ahead, tell you that. A fool is out of control. Yeah, y'all don't want to talk to somebody. I understand. I understand. Because look how we use that terminology. Stop acting foolish. You use that terminology when somebody's not acting under control but acting out of control. Stop fooling around. Stop being fooler. But when you're under control, you're living wise. And so we have to come to the understanding that in order for me to live wise is to live under the subjection of the Holy Spirit and not living to satisfy this world and these worldly passions. But no, I deny them and I live in the spirit. So self-controlled and upright and godly lives in this dark, sinful present age. This is what we are to do for these is the, for, for why? Because we are waiting for the blessedness and appearing of our hope, our hope and glorious Jesus Christ. And I, I, I like how it says our blessed hope. Is, it, is, is anybody here can testify that Jesus is their hope? <laughs> he, is, he, is, he is our hope, which means that we are in waiting with anticipation of his appearing we realize that 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 as isaiah says that, that they that wait upon the lord shall renew their strength another way to wait upon is that they that hope on the lord they that trust in the lord that our hope in romans 5 chapter says our hope does not disappoint us because our hope is in him who lavishly pours out his hope and his love upon us that he won't disappoint us so therefore as i hope on jesus christ i have no reason to walk around with my head bowed down. No reason to walk around depressed and upset, but I can walk around and say he's still on the throne and guess what? He's coming back again. 
And that's why, if I could stick a pen in there for a little bit longer, that's why Jesus was able to tell his disciples that you need not to be discouraged. You believe in the Father, believe in also in me. In my Father's house is room with many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. Why is that Jesus? He wasn't done talking. Let's stop interrupting. Because when I come back, I'm going to take you there with me. You see, we can have a hope. That encourages us through this darkness of this world, realizing that, Lord, I'm not doing it for this world, but I'm doing it for you, and I know you're coming back again. So we are to deny ungodliness. This means we are not to live lies as if there is no God. Psalm tells us, fools say there is no God. Look at what Psalm says. Psalm 41, Psalm 14, 1 says this, only fools say in their hearts there is no God. They are corrupt and their actions are evil. Not one of them does good. <laughs> so a fool that says there is no God is corrupt and wicked and does no good. So let's go back to it. I need to say no to ungodliness because there's no good going to come out of it. Psalm 53.1 puts it this way. There is uh, uh, only fools say in their hearts there is no God. They are corrupt. And their actions are evil. Not one of them does good. Oh, that's the same thing, huh? So nice the psalmist wrote it twice. Realizing that fools say there is no God. Now, uh, there might be someone that might get upset and say, well, I have someone that say believe there is no God. Yes, the Bible says they're a fool. Uh, you can get mad at me all you want. That's fine. Uh, but I'm going to tell you, take it up with God. Because there is a God. What, it, what, it, what, is, what is God to a non-believer? He's still a God. <laughs> Just because you say he does not exist does not take him away. God is God. And so in this process, we have to realize that ungodliness is living to oneself and making self a God. This then leads to satisfying worldly passions. This world is evil and its destination is already set. You know this world's destination is already set. God's going to destroy this world. And so why will we be trying to satisfy these evil desires that are only going to be consumed and destroyed with fire when God is saying, I have something greater and better for you that will not, that the cat says, the robber can't steal, the moth cannot destroy. It'll last forever and never. That's why I told you, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. So don't get caught up with this world world and living like there is no God because this is what happens. This is what happens when we act ungodly. We do things. We do things we know we should not do, but we make allowance for because we at that moment, at that time, we said to ourselves, it's okay. I'm going to help you out. This is how wicked, how evil this is. The devil himself says it's okay for me to put my throne. Above God. That's what he said. He said, it's okay. I'm, I'm going to put mine above him. You know what happened to him, right? He got cast out. Let me help somebody out. When we put other gods before God, you get cast out. He says, I am the Lord thy God. <laughs> Have no other gods before me. 
So do you understand that when I'm living a rebellious life, cast this, cast this, I am going against God. I'm rebelling against his, the, the person that he made me to be because, you know, he made us for his glory. He, he created us for his glory. So when I rebel, I am going against the nature that he has made me and designed me to be, to serve him, to worship him. And now I've made my belly, my appetites, my gods. I, I made everything that satisfy me, my God. So therefore, I make money. I'll make sex. I'll make drugs. I'll make alcohol. I'll make success. I'll make getting more things. We talked about that more things things, and, and we get all that stuff. And when you get all that stuff and you die, what do you have? Still nothing. So what does it matter to, to say I am the player player? I had all this. I have all this money and you die. But Jesus talked about a man that had leprous and all he had was a dog. Somebody said the dog name was Moral because Moral came and licked <laughs> his wounds. That's all he had. But when he died, a rich man was in hell. He was in the bosom of Abraham. He was in eternal bliss. He was in joy. He was at peace. But the rich man went from I felt good living a good a life of wealth to being in torment. Said if I could just get a drop of water. He didn't say, could I get a cup? Could I get a drop? And can you have his finger go on my tongue? I have never been that thirsty, y'all. That I would just ask for somebody's finger of water to come on my tongue. Uh, that's some hell pain right there. You understand what I'm saying? That, that, that when you're in that much anguish, you want somebody's other finger in your mouth to give you some water. You see how, how messed up sin is that it's so much corruption that you're looking for anything to get you out. But Jesus stepped in to realize that I don't want you to suffer that kind of damnation. I don't want you to suffer that kind of rejection. I want you to know peace. So if you want that, just say no to this ungodliness. So this is... This brings us to the question, why is the church responsible to teach this and to deny ungodliness and worldly passages? To answer this, we have to look to the Lord, our God. Look how he called Israel, who, re who he rescued from Egypt, to live differently. He says to them in Leviticus 18.30, So obey my instructions and do not defile yourselves by committing any of these detestable practices that, uh, that were committed by the people who lived in the land before you. I am the Lord your God. You see that there clearly? He called them out of a place of bondage and slavery. He said, I'm taking you to a new land, but don't act like them. Help, can I, can I make, bring it to modern day for us? You come down that aisle. You come to be baptized. And you say, Lord, I give my life to you, but you go back. Living and, and, and enjoying the detestable stuff you want him to save you from. Those things should not happen. Lord, if I give my life to you, I no longer live to satisfy this evil desire, but now I live to glorify you because you are my Lord. And, and the thing is this, God reminds them this way. He says, I am the Lord your God who rescued you from Egypt. God, th this is one thing that we are, ought to be grateful for our God. That he is patient with us because we sometimes forget stuff. He had to remind them, remind them, remind six million folks that he took out of Egypt 
who led them by, by cloud by day and fire by night. He had to remind them, I'm the one that took you out of Egypt. <laughs> just, if you go back and just look, he reminds them over and over again, even throughout the generations, throughout the prophets, says, I am the Lord your God who rescued you from Egypt. Thank you, Lord, for reminding me. That's why I like reading his word, because I need to be reminded that Jesus is the one who saved us and rescued us from bondage and slavery. That's why who the son says free is free indeed. So we realize that no longer shall I be living in a, a, a corrupted, ungodly, worldly, lustful, desire life of this world, but now I'm living a life that's holy and pleasing. Why is that? Because look, then God calls them to be holy. He says in Leviticus 11.45, for I, the Lord, am the one who brought you up from the land of Egypt, that I might be your God. Therefore, you must be holy, because I am holy. Uh, tell your neighbor, do you look like your daddy? If you look like your daddy, then you live in holy. Because it says, be ye holy for I am holy. So when you look like your daddy, everybody else is doing the things they should not do, but you standing out. And, they, and they, that's why you can sing that sesame song. One of those kids is doing their own thing. One of those kids is not the same. That we should be different when we come out in the world. That when they see us, they say, they, they acting different. They walking different. You can let them know the reason why I do so, because I want to be like my daddy. This, this, this terminology of wanting to be like our father means that, Lord, I want to be like you, means I want to be holy, that I want to deny ungodliness. I want to deny, say no to worldly lust and passions. You, do you understand that, that, that our God hates sin? Do you understand that? And so that when we embrace sin, we say, God, I love you, but I love this more. That's like a, a, a how a, a mother and a father would dress up the children, dress them up for picture day, dress them up for church, dress them up, right? They tell them, don't get dirty, right? And, 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 and so you try to do everything you can to make sure they don't get dirty, but they go out and they get dirty anyhow. And you're thinking, didn't I just... Or like that infant baby, right? The infant baby, you finally fed the baby. You think the baby burped and got everything out. You dress them up, bathe them. They put the bib on. Oh, cute for the picture. Burp. <laughs> then I just get you cleaned up and ready. And, and, and look, look, how often does God do that with us? That he dresses up, he cleans up. We go back in mess. And he says, I'm still willing to clean you up. Because he's willing to remind us that I am holy and I want you to be holy and cast this cast. I realize you can't stay clean by yourself. So I have to help you out. So that's why I have to provide you new clothes. See, our God tells us that when we come to him, we become a new creation. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. So when you say no to that old stuff, God says, great, because I have some new stuff. So don't live like them, because I have something better. Tell you never, God has something better. And so it's, it's hard in this world to, to, to cover yourself by, by telling the truth. 
when you know you can lie and get away with it. But yet God is standing right there and you say, he's my Lord, he's my God, so I have no choice but to tell the truth. Yes, I'm guilty. I, I, I did it. It, it. it was my fault. Yeah, you could have blamed so-and-so and fired them, but no, that was my error. That was my mistake. Oh, who's going to do that? That's, that's, that? I might lose my job. Yeah, you can keep your job. You can keep your job. You can keep your job and you can lie. But then you're missing out what God has in store for you. What I'm trying to point out is just that what you want might be good. But what God has is greater. <laughs> and so you could try to hold on to what you think you got by living in sin. But you're going to miss out what God has prepared for you when you live in obedience. Y'all catch that? So he's calling us to be like him, to be holy. So with this in mind, we are to live a life of obedience and submission to the Lord and live a life of, of wisdom or self-controlled. This is according to good sense. Another way to take this is good sense. You know how, how, how you hear, I, my mom said to me all the time, boy, Ella, you got some sense. And she was saying this to me because I was not being in control. I was not living wise. And God was reminding us that we need to act like we have some sense. Act as if we know who our father is. And if my father is holy and lives and full of love, how dare I be bitter? De uh, uh, denying and lying and conniving and backstabbing when I don't know you. This is the circumstances that we need to realize that if I serve an awesome God, I serve an awesome God, then I should be doing some awesome things. But if, 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 if I love the Lord and I am doing things that are not of him, then I need to question my love. Do you not question other people? They say they love you, but they keep on robbing you. They say they love you, they keep on borrowing your tools and never giving them back. They say they love you, say, I'm going to come by, but they never call, email, text, Facebook, tweet. But I'm coming by, I'm coming by. You're not coming by, stop saying that. Set up appointments, but never make them. But tell you, can we reschedule? No, we're not going to reschedule. Because actions are a reflection of what's really in your heart. You have good intentions, but we know good intentions are the stairway to hell. I intended to get right. I intended to do this. Yeah, that's, that's glad. I'm glad you intended. Next time, just do it. We see here that we have to be wise and know what's right and do what is right. Because this wisely applying God's word and doing what the spirit instructs us. And we are now no longer under the influence of the flesh, but under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Then we're able to deny these worldly desires. I want to point out this aspect of this, of this aspect. It says this, that in Micah 6, 8, it says, Know, O people, the Lord has told you what is good. And this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. It's amazing how simplistic it is when it comes down to what God calls us to do and how difficult we try to make it. When we are obedient to him, this will lead us to, to, to living one, a godly life in this present age. And we will wait for the coming of this Lord, knowing that this living is done in perspective of what Jesus has done for us. We wait for the glorious appearance of our hero. 
to come back for us and, to, and we want to embrace him and celebrate the victor, our victory. Do you understand that when we are walking under the influence of the spirit, we're doing so because somebody gave us the spirit? I'm walking under the influence of the spirit, which is a gift that came from the victor. Who is the victor? Jesus. What victory do we have? We have victory over death. Therefore, O death, where is thy sting? O death, where is thy victory? You know, because he has set us free. So no longer do I fear death, but now I walk under the obedience, under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Can I help somebody out? That when Jesus began his ministry, it says the Holy Spirit led him out into the wilderness. And since the Holy Spirit led him out, the Holy Spirit brought him back. I got excited about that, realizing that the Holy Spirit will take us to places (laughs) we may not want to go. But the Holy Spirit will give us the strength to make it out so that we'll be stronger and we'll be better. Because you understand the enemy was right out there in the wilderness, but the Holy Spirit was still right there. And he was able to recite the word of God every time the enemy came up trying to misuse the word of God. He says, no, the word of God says man does not survive on bread bread alone, but on the word of God. Man does not test the Lord thy God. He reminded him that you were of Lord of God. He's reminding me of three times what really the word says, how it's embedded in my heart. And watch this, watch this. When he was weak, when he was done being tested, God sent angels to help him out. Do you understand that the enemy cannot defeat us when we are in the Lord? That's why we look at Ephesians about the armor of God, but before you can put on the armor of God, you have to stand in the power of his might. I'm going to say that one more time. We say everybody heard that. Before you can put on the armor, you have to stand in the power of his might. And before you can stand in the power of his might, you got to go back to that second chapter. He says that you got to know that you have been saved by grace, not by works, so that no man can boast. Then he goes on and says that you were already preordained, predestined for God's workmanship. And when I look at that workmanship, brings us right here to this text. It says that Jesus did all of this just to set you free, to free you from sin, free you from the penalty of sin, to purify you, to make you clear, to make you pure, to make you holy, and cast his castes, so that you will be zealous for good works. Because he created you for good works. Can I play with this word good, this good adjective? Let's play with this for a moment. We serve a good God that saved us for good works. So we ought to be good people. (laughs) So good people say no to ungodly things. Because ungodly things are not good. Because I earnestly seek after, desire, and devoted to to doing good works for my good God. And why do we do all this? Because we do it in view of what Jesus has done for us. So if Jesus has gone through all this work for us to redeem us from wickedness and to purify us, how dare we now throw, throw away such a salvation to live for what is worth nothing? Jesus cleans us up to prepare us to do works 
with passion and zeal and devotion. We can no longer live this life claiming to be Christians and have no passion for the Lord nor for his work. Jesus' passion moved him to humble himself to come in the form of a slave and serve his own creation. This passion moved him to die for us while we were still his enemy and living a life of sin. The passion of Jesus moved him to give up his life to pay the debt for our sins. This passion moved him to allow himself to be tra- betrayed by Judas, lied on by Peter. They beat him and they lied on him in a kangaroo trial. They flogged him and screamed, crucify him. This passion moved him to allow them to put thorns in his scalp and hit him with a stick. You know, they drove nails in his hands, a spike in his foot. They hung him high and they stretched him wide. His passion allowed him to breathe his last and he hung his head and uh, his died Uh, they checked to see if he was dead and they pierced him in the side Uh, this was all on a friday that friday he died Uh, but on early that sunday morning he got up with all power and authority in heaven and on earth Uh, so now we are waiting for his glorious appearance how should we be living for one who lived and died just so that we might have life so my question again how are you living Because you saw how he lived. And we we can see how he died. How are you living? Are you living and awaiting for our hope, our victor, our champion, to come back with all power and glory and to find your place with him? Are you living because you just want to get paid? You just want to get rich? You just want to get yours because you only live once? It's nothing but the lie of the enemy. Because Jesus says this, that catch this. Those who live in him may die, but yet they shall live again. So those who are going out yelling out YOLO, they only live once. I'm living twice. (laughs) I already lived this life, but I'm waiting for a new life. (laughs) And a new heaven. And a new earth. Because those who die in Christ, they shall not die, but yet they shall live. So we should now live waiting for his appearance and waiting for our resurrection to forever be with him. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Lord, we just come right now just with meditation upon how great you are. And Lord, we want to repent right now and confess the times we have allowed ourselves to give in to this worldly desires and the lust of the flesh. Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy that you desire to clean us up to purify us and set us aside for good works. Lord, we now turn our hearts and our hands and our minds towards these good works that we will now work and serve for you right now, O oh God. Father, we, are, we desire to do your good works and see the good works revealed in our lives that we may see and reap, Lord, the fruit of, Lord, of not being weary of our well-doing. So, Father, Lord, we thank you, O oh God, for the gift we have through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the good works you have already set aside and called us to do. And, Lord, right now we surrender to you and ask you to have your way. Amen. Amen. May we, may we stand this in the sand of discipleship.